We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers with a little bonus podcast here for you. We had so many questions and comments coming in last night after the Lakers big win over the Pelicans that we needed to add a bonus show. So I'm going to jump through a number of different topics. And you know what's first on my mind? It's Anthony Davis sitting out against the Houston Rockets. I know I have a lot of questions about that, but just off the top, it makes me nervous. This is still a must win game. Every game really is. But even though the Houston Rockets have not been very good, I don't think this is a team that you can necessarily mess around with, particularly if they feel disrespected by the Lakers feeling like they can sit Anthony Davis against them. I think the Lakers may be in for a battle, particularly now with Wenyan Gabriel as the team's only center. But I'm going to dive into all of these questions and comments in just a moment. But do want to let everybody know I am having a March Madness Bracket Challenge. You over on YouTube can find the link in the description below if you're a podcast listener. Jump over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. You can find the link there and uh, and come join. It's free to play. Top three finishers do win cash. Just have some fun. Compete against me and some other Lakers fans. Going to be a good time. So come join that March Madness Bracket Challenge. Once again, totally free to play this game. All right. Let's get into everything that we've got going on here. So if you're coming in from the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, of course, welcome in. Those of you joining over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, welcome. We've got a lot to dive into today. Now, we'll start things off right here. Ronnie says, Malik is peaking too early. Is there such a thing? Uh, needs to slump two to three more weeks so he can peak for the play-in and playoffs. Well, look, Malik Beasley is a streaky shooter. That's for sure. We saw him get going last night in the win against the Pelicans. I've been asking for it. You've been asking for it. When is the Malik Beasley bounce back game coming? And finally, we got it. He went nuts. 24 points on 7 of 12 shooting. And these were not garbage time points. We've seen him in the past get buckets in garbage time. He did that in one of his first games as a Laker. No, this was early on in the game. And Malik Beasley's three-point shooting was a big part of putting the Pelicans in a very difficult spot in the first half, pushing the Lakers out to an early lead. Again, 7 of 12 from 3. I was asking for 5 from 8 from 3. 7 from 12, Malik Beasley said, no, I can do better than that. Much, much needed in an in a absolutely critical matchup. The Lakers now have the tiebreaker over the Pelicans, and they've also separated a bit from the Pels, which matters for the standings, matters for 
that whole pick swap situation that we've been talking about since last summer from the Anthony Davis trade. And again, matters for the tiebreaker as well, because had the Lakers lost to the Pelicans, the Pelicans would have the tiebreaker over them, which is actually a really big deal. All right. Speaking of which, that's part of why uh, the Lakers really need to beat the Mavs on Friday. They're not going to have the tiebreaker there against Dallas. And then probably need the Clippers to actually win over the Warriors because the Lakers have the tiebreaker against the Warriors, do not have it against the Clippers. That's coming up tonight. Some really gross matchups tonight where we find ourselves having to root for the Celtics against the Wolves and the Clippers against the Warriors. Although, truthfully, Clippers lose, Warriors lose. Either one's good, but you've got a little bit more of a margin for error, a little bit more of a chance to catch up anyway to the Warriors because you do have the tie break over them, but not, not true for the Clippers. Uh, Nico said LA will be eight tomorrow if they win and Dallas loses. Uh, true. The problem, though, is Dallas is playing the Spurs, uh, which is, is a very difficult team to lose to. However... Most likely, no Luka, no Kyrie, perhaps no Christian Wood. I would assume all of them will be back on Friday against the Lakers because that is what always happens. Uh, everyone returns to play against the Lakers, as we saw last night with Brandon Ingram. Uh, Manny says, thank you, Lakers legend Danny Ainge. How is it? You know, I, I have to admit, I do this from time to time. I jump around and I read the comments from our opposing teams and, and see what their fans are thinking, see what their fans are feeling. And I got to tell everybody, it feels damn good to bounce around over the last few weeks to read what opposing fans are saying about the Lakers and how many fans of other teams are furious with what the Lakers did at the trade deadline, that somehow Danny Ainge and the Wolves gave them D'Angelo Russell Beasley, Vando gave them these players, and not to mention, you know, Mobamba, Rui Hachimura, even right before the trade deadline. Davon Reed, yeah, let's throw him in, even though we haven't seen a ton of him out there. But fans of opposing teams are beside themselves. They keep saying, What what happened to one first round pick just to move Russ off the roster? What happened to demanding that? And suddenly they move Russ and get all this stuff for one first round pick. Yeah, it, it feels good to see opposing fans still upset with what the Lakers got done at the trade deadline and how much it's improved the team. The roster finally makes sense. They've got depth. They've got pieces that can go out there and get them wins and they're playing really good basketball. And it's wonderful seeing so many fans upset again about a trade that the Lakers made. It feels like, I don't know. It just feels right. It feels right that the Lakers made a move that makes opposing teams angry. It it feels like how it should, how it should be. Um, so credit to, Rob Palenka, credit to the Lakers front office, the entire front office for their role in getting this done and getting this together. Again, the Lakers swapping out Mike Conley for D'Angelo Russell. That was the original trade. Had Mike Conley come to the Lakers, the Lakers were able to negotiate it with the Wolves so that Conley would go to the Wolves instead, and they got D'Lo. I think he's going to be a long-term fit. I think he's going to be here for a while. Good stuff. Good stuff, and I can't believe that they pulled off this deal with Danny Ainge. Now, who knows? We'll see what that first-round pick winds up being. The Jazz could very well still be very happy with that pick. We'll see what happens in a few years here, but I'll take it. I'll take it. This has been fantastic for the Lakers. King Deshaun said, still not a fan of Ham's subs, not a who, but when. He does have a habit of sticking with his substitution pattern and not tweaking things if a player gets going, if a player gets hot. We've seen a number of times where a guy, a guy will hit a big bucket or two and then Ham will sub him out. I agree that can be frustrating and uh, and difficult to watch at times, but I have seen him also tweak things on the fly and change things up. It's just 
kind of a give and take. As a coach, sometimes you do have to stick with what your pattern is in order to have guys rested to close out the game. But yeah, it, it can be frustrating when you see a guy who's hot get subbed out. Peter, Lonnie Walker screamed when he missed his only shot. We knew, we knew when Lonnie Walker got into garbage time, that shot was going up. It was going to happen. We were we were debating on how many shots he would get up in like a minute of playing time. I believe he only took one, but I think Lonnie's going to see more minutes tonight, uh, more minutes tonight against Houston. They're going to need him. I think Rui's going to see a lot of minutes in this one too. Wenyan, my goodness, stay out of foul trouble because Wenyan and I guess Mando are going to have to play the center position. This is going to be rough. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Alperin Sangoon is not available for the Rockets. But again, everybody returns from injury against the Lakers, so I wouldn't count on it. Noir Mamba, can we say Rob is the best plan B GM? Maybe. I mean, he didn't really leave himself an opportunity for a plan B with the Russell Westbrook trade. And we we saw it the moment it happened. We said there really isn't a, necessarily a way out of this immediately. Like, it's going to be painful to get out of this if it doesn't work. Now, I don't think any of us imagined that it would not work to the degree that it did. But the Russell Westbrook trade, there really was no plan B available because of that. And that was part of the risk of doing that deal. But if you go back and you look at the championship season, sure, they missed out on Kawhi but they had a great plan B that ultimately won them a championship. You look at the pieces they added after they missed out on getting Kawhi. And now you've got, well, plan B, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald was maybe plan A. Uh, the night before media day, they reportedly could have pulled that off. And they instead decided to go into the season and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then the eve of the trade deadline, they put this deal together and you were able to get D'Angelo Russell, you're able to get Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Malik Beasley, all these pieces that you got. It's a good plan B. Yeah, I think you can still make an argument that maybe you should have just done plan A and gotten Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Then you wouldn't be in the 10 seed right now. And in this crazy battle, you'd probably be more of a middle of the pack team. Maybe that's an argument you can make. But I like the pieces they added. I, I think they made a some really nice moves. Uh, Duan said, Troy Brown Jr. played much better tonight. Glad he played with heart tonight uh troy brown jr was indeed much better he was much more himself i think you know we a lot of people were upset with him after the the previous outing against the knicks he just had an off night um he was 0 for 7 from 3 0 for 8 shooting the ball even defensively he was kind of a mess but over the last what couple of months troy brown's been pretty good pretty solid pretty dependable for the lakers no he's not a star or anything like that but he has been going out there taking care of business shooting pretty well from deep doing good things defensively. He's not going to give you 15 points every night or anything like that, or even pull down eight or nine boards, but he does some things for you that you need out there from a wing player. So I don't look at what happened last game and say, oh, well, last game he didn't play with heart, and now tonight he did, and that and that's what happened here. I think that's my, my issue with this comment. I don't think that his shortcomings against the Knicks had anything to do with heart. I think he just had an off night, and that happens. That happens to the best of us. So that's what I think went down against the Knicks. He had an off night. He bounced back against the Pelicans and was back to being his normal self. Ryan, absolutely negligent to have AD rest tomorrow. Doesn't matter how bad the Rockets are. You don't have the luxury to gamble. Every game is critical. I agree, Ryan. According to the Lakers, it's the doctors have said you can't play him. We know he's managing an injury right now. We know it's probably going to have to be taken care of in the offseason. And the doctors have said, you can't play him. So 
The Lakers are even saying, look, this is Anthony Davis. It's not on him. He wants to play. The Lakers are saying it's not even on us. It's the doctors telling us this. So I understand it. Look, if doctors are saying, hey, he's at a high probability for serious injury. If you play him on the second night of a back-to-back, you can't do it. I, I get it if that's just the plan from here on out. But man, if you find a way to drop this game to Houston, this was a game that we looked at on the schedule as kind of a gimme. If you find a way to turn it into a loss by not playing AD and having Wenyan Gabriel as your only center, it would hurt a lot. It would That would be extremely painful for the Lakers in the standings and the record and everything and their chances of moving up to maybe the sixth seed. All of that would take a serious hit. And let me say this. While I can't fault the Lakers for, um, for not playing AD, if the doctors are specifically telling them you can't play him, what I can fault the Lakers for is knowing that ahead of time, like this isn't a surprise now, right? The last time this came up, it was a, what? What do you mean he's not playing against OKC in the second night of a back-to-back when they had just said they expected everybody to be eligible to play in back-to-backs, right? That was what we happened, what uh, happened last time this came up. But now, now you look at the situation and everyone knew what the, what the story is. Everybody knew that AD is unlikely to play in a back-to-back. So why haven't you added another center? Why on earth would you go to Houston with Wenyan Gabriel as your only center? Mo Bamba got hurt a week ago. You've had plenty of time to go add someone else. Just another big body. Doesn't have to be somebody who's going to play every single night because they're not going to. But go call up whoever is the next best available big, even if it's somebody from the G League, just so you have someone with some kind of size to throw into a game in a break glass in case of emergency situation. Now the Lakers are in a spot where they're going to be looking at Wenyon, and heaven forbid if he gets in foul trouble, it's going to be Jared Vanderbilt or Rui Hachimura. Those are your center options, right? Because in an emergency situation with the Lakers roster as is, if everybody's healthy, it goes AD, Wenyon, LeBron. LeBron would have been your third And I know people don't like LeBron at center, and I understand that. I'm just saying that would be the pecking order at the center position right now. That's not enough. I think even with the full roster, you need another center. But without LeBron and without AD, it's Wenyon, and that's it. Look, if Mo Bamba was healthy, this would be a very different story. But my goodness, Lakers, I know. Look, you're in the luxury tax. You're going to have to pay. But go sign somebody on a 10-day contract. If you drop this game to the Houston Rockets because you don't have another big in there and Alperin Sengun goes for 40 or something, man, that's that's not the loss of playoff revenue and everything else that could potentially be staring you in the face is not worth the cost that you're going to have to pay in luxury tax payments for a 10-day contract. Now, I don't know if it's a pay issue and that's why the Lakers haven't done this or if there just really isn't anybody they like, but that's where I fault the Lakers in this situation. Not so much just for resting AD. If the doctors are specifically telling them you have to rest them, that's that's one thing. But not going into Houston with another big on the roster, just go pick up somebody on a 10-day that can give you 10 minutes even on the court of just decent center play. That That is a problem. That's what I'm not happy about. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, This one says you take Golden State over L.A. The next four are road games. So saying prefer to see the Warriors win tonight over the Clippers win. I get it. The Warriors have been bad on the road, but just look, the this time of year, the tiebreakers make a big, big difference. And so that's why I'm going for the Warriors to lose this. Not going to say the other team to win, but the Warriors to lose this because of that tiebreaker situation. I think it's it's really important. Mark says perfect game to institute the target score uh, scoring rule in these blowout games. Yeah, the the Elam ending that could have been fun in games like this because you do see teams where this this happens, right? The game against the the uh, Pels last night, the Lakers definitely took their foot off the gas in the second half, made us a little bit nervous in the fourth quarter. That you know, and ultimately they won, and so you can't complain too much. They got the job done. They got the win that they needed. But yeah, if you had a target score, they probably never take their foot off the gas, right? because they're trying to hit that particular score and you don't get this kind of letdown in the second half. Now the game would have been much shorter, I would imagine, but yeah, that's this games like that might be the argument for the target score, but I, I like it for the all-star game, which I think there's more tweaks coming to that, but I don't think you've changed the regular NBA game um, that drastically at this point. He did say great seeing our own big three back, great seeing Ron and Matt back. So I did have on the show last night, Ron Gutterman and Matt the Optimus Peralta join me. And uh, and we did. We had a, a lot of fun. Great show. If you didn't get to see the show live, uh, it is right now up on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. You can also catch it over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, over on our, our podcast feed. Uh, Terrell said, get Serge Ibaka, big body, and can stretch the floor. See, I think you can make arguments for any of these guys. Boogie Cousins, Serge Ibaka, uh, Derek Favors, LaMarcus Aldridge. Dwight Howard, right? I mean, the list, it goes on and on. There's tons of guys you can look at. Moses Brown just got waved. Uh, Nerland's Noel, if you can get past the clutch thing. There's guys. There's guys. And you can make arguments for any of them. Uh, and, and we can pick apart their skill sets and all that. For me, the biggest question is who's in shape? Who's in shape? Who's ready to play right now? That's that's the question. And then you go from there. Who who goes into that column? Ready to play right now. And then you pick from, from there. And again... The Lakers should have done this already. This should already be done. This this player should be on the roster right now. If you knew going into Houston, AD was not going to be available on the back-to-back, which they did, this should already be done. King Deshaun, don't agree with AD out, maybe less minutes, but need a win. You know, I do wonder if the Lakers had not taken their foot off the gas and AD not played in the fourth quarter, would that have changed anything for his status for the Rockets game? If he had played like, 18 minutes or something or 20 minutes uh, against the Pelicans would that have changed things? I don't know. Maybe maybe the answer is no. And he just doesn't play in back-to-backs, 
period. We'll see. Last time the Lakers didn't play him in a back-to-back, they got away with it, and they beat the Thunder. But they also had Mobamba for that, and he played pretty well. Isaac, who has a better starting five than LeBron, AD, D'Lo, Beasley, and Vando? Uh, it can be a good starting five, particularly if Beasley is hitting threes. I think the Lakers have proven in this stretch that they can compete with the top teams in the West. You look at what they, they're nine and four since getting their players from the trade deadline. And that's largely been a good chunk of that has been without LeBron. A good chunk of that has been without D'Lo. And they've still managed that record. That's really impressive. I think they've been very good. I think this is very exciting and all stuff to be optimistic about. But you got to get LeBron back. Got to get him healthy. And I think he's only going to have a handful of games at most to get going again uh, when he returns from injury. So the Lakers essentially have to make the playoffs without him. And that's what we're going to see happen. And then can they form that chemistry you need with that starting five? On paper, it's a very good starting five. And I'm excited to see it. I wish we were getting to see it right now. Because I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Sid, should we sign Boogie Cousins or Ibaka to like a 10-day contract just to see how he is now, plus having a big man besides AD with Bamba out? Yes, 100% yes. And it should have been done. It's Saying yesterday isn't even enough. It should have been done a few days ago, at least. Aiden, love what you guys do. How about Serge Ibaka or Whiteside for the next centers? Sure, throw Whiteside into the mix as well. Another guy, just who's healthy? Who could you get right now and put them on the floor in an emergency situation? You need it. Dante M, the Lakers better be careful. Teams like the Magic and the Rockets beat a Tatum-Brown-led Celtics. Resting AD may come back to bite them in the end. Agreed. That's my fear. That is 100% my fear, that resting Anthony Davis will come back to bite you because we've seen... Even the bottom tier teams, if you give them hope, you put them in a game they can win. What happens is these teams that haven't tasted winning in a while. Now, again, the Rockets just beat the Celtics. So maybe they've scratched that itch a little bit. But these teams that don't taste winning very often, if they get into a position where they feel like they can win a game, oh my, then you're in trouble. Then they're going to throw everything at you. They're going to play like their lives depend on it because they start thinking, oh, This is our chance. This is our opportunity. Oh my gosh, let's go, right? That's what you get. The most dangerous thing you can do with a bad team is give them hope. Then you have a fight on their hands. And that's my concern for tonight's game against the Rockets, that the Lakers will give them hope. Uh, Lurid, hey guys, I'm so pumped we won with a win tomorrow. We'll be just one win behind the Clippers and Warriors. I just hope AD not playing tomorrow won't bite us in the back. Yes, agreed. Yeah, the Lakers have a chance to get to 500. 500 is what they could be after tonight's game, which would be huge. I mean, that would be fantastic. Just that mental hurdle of getting to 500 and then putting yourself right there with the Clippers, the Warriors. Hopefully somehow the Mavs lose to the Spurs. Ooh, some good things can happen, but you got to win. Goatman said, why can't AD just attack out of the gate like he did tonight? Kind of like Giannis mentality because it mostly was be, uh, brings great results. I knew D'Lo would be great. So AD being in attack mode from the get-go, part of that is personnel. Like, I thought he was able to attack Valanciunas, who's a bit of a slower-footed defender. And I think that's why the uh, the Pelicans didn't play him quite as much. Um, So AD can do that, but also his jumper was working. And when his jumper is working, that pulls the center out. Like, he was hitting everything from the get-go. So to ask AD, why can't AD just be on fire to start every single game? Like, 
that's a tall ask. Well, because you just you can't. I mean, he was monstrous to start this game. He was fired up, and I'm sure part of him thought, I'm not playing tomorrow. I'd better be a monster today. I'd better get going in today's game. And he did, to his credit. But I, I just don't think it's realistic. Now, to, for him to be in attack mode, sure, more aggressive getting to the rim, we can say. And that some of that stuff is scheme-related, right? Malik Beasley starts hitting threes. That opens things up for AD a bit more. Teams had been sagging off of Beasley a bit and giving him open looks in order to help protect the paint from AD. So some of it is relying on other players hitting shots, but the Lakers just had everything going last night. Everybody played pretty well, uh, at least, if not more, if not better than that. Zi Pem said, we got to give Darvin Ham a chance. Eric Spolstra was not in LeBron's good graces his first year. Now look at him. And we had a lot of people that are still down on Darvin Ham, and I understand you know, some frustration there with him, and some people are concerned that you know, maybe he doesn't quite have it, but um, I, I still think he can be a good coach. Yes, there's going to be bumps in the road, and yes, those may cost the Lakers with a, a rookie head coach, but that's what you signed up for when you hired a rookie head coach. I can say this. Even if the X's and O's, the substitution patterns haven't always been great, nine times out of ten, if not more, this Lakers team plays hard. This Lakers team plays hard. And there's something to that. There there has to be credit given to Darvin Ham for that too. Because having your team motivated, having your team prepared, that also falls on your coaching staff. Kirara said Ham helped pick the team, so he's to blame. So saying that we talked about last night that Darvin Ham didn't have a great roster early on in the season. And so you had to kind of discount, you know, how good of a coach is he really if he doesn't have a roster that he can necessarily have a... a a real lineup out there. I mean, we saw Austin Reeves at power forward out of necessity. We saw super small lineups and we still, still see some three guard lineups out there for the Lakers, but um, ham picked the team. Yeah. I mean, he had a, a hand in it, but it's the front office and it was hard to build out a real roster with Russell Westbrook eating up $47 million in cap space. That's not even just, Oh, Russ, you know, that's not me saying Russ is bad and he's all that ailed the Lakers or whatever. No, but eating up that much cap space on a player in Russ, who was your sixth man, it's hard to build out a roster that way. And that's what we saw from this Lakers team. Turning him into three productive, good rotation level players matters a lot. And this will show us more accurately what Darvin Ham really is as a coach than the roster they had before. Co-op, OKC versus Clippers back to back next week. Who do we go for? Well, let's see what the standings look like at that point. Like, does OKC drop a bunch of games between now and then? What do the Clippers do, right? That That's going to matter. Let's see where things are at at that point. I think it's best if they split, but since it's Clippers, I hope OKC goes 2-0. and We'll get the sixth seed. That's fair, but OKC is dangerous. They are very dangerous. They are a team to keep an eye on, and SGA, I know they're not playing them every night, and I keep waiting for OKC to start the tank and start really dropping off, and they're just not. They've won three in a row at this point. Businessman. AD goes 35 and 17 in 33 minutes. I told you it's the braids, man. Just check your intro, Trevor. That's the guy we saw against the Pels. Afro equals injury. Apparently, that's the secret. AD's hairstyle determines what version of Anthony Davis we're going to get. That determines whether he's going to dominate or whether he's going to be less than the than what we expect, and he's going to get hurt. Maybe that's it. All we have to do is focus on his hairstyle, put AD in, in, in the braids, and all is good. I, I wish it were that simple. 
Cannot disclose, said, I wonder what Peralta has to say about Rui now. Did Peralta have negative things to say about Rui? I mean, look, I've, I've always fallen back on this. Like, people want to take victory laps as soon as the player is good. People want to uh, do the same thing if they don't like the player whenever the player is bad. In general, I try to look game by game and then put it in, into context of the, the larger season. If a player has a bad game, I'm going to say the player had a bad game. If a player has a good game, I'm going to say the player has a good game. That's not... Oh, you said yesterday he had a bad game and now he had a good game. What now? You know, victory lap. Let's go. Da, 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 da. He did have a bad game yesterday, right? Like that's 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 the way I approach the game. Anyway, is I'm not going to be oh firmly into, hey, this player is great. I'm going to look at the entire sample size, of course. And if he had a great season, then we're going to talk about that. Like Troy Brown, thought he's been really good over the last few months, had a bad game against the Knicks. I'm not going to just assume because he had one bad game that he's suddenly a terrible player and and not a guy you can even put on the floor or something like that. Uh, so I don't think it's the kind of thing where we have to be firmly in the camp of, oh, Rui is, is great. And look, I want to see great things for Rui, but it's not like we have to run around and say, Rui is great, and every time he's not great, we have to deflect and deflect and deflect. Oh, well, it wasn't really Rui this game. It was this guy. It was that guy. It was somebody else. We saw this with, with Russ. Right, I feel like we should just be able to say if a player has a bad game, he had a bad game, and this is what happened and why. And if he has a good game, then yes, celebrate. He had a good game. This is why. And put it into context of the bigger picture without having to fall into one camp or another. These polarizing, this player's good, this player's bad, and here's all the evidence why, and here's all the evidence why this player is great. And anything, anytime something doesn't fit into that narrative, then it's, it's deflect, 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 deflect. Why can't we just have honest analysis? Maybe that's maybe that's asking too much. I know that doesn't go with hot take culture, but that's that's just the way I approach things. Uh, yellow, and, and totally fair. If you want to get into the hot take stuff and that's the way you want to consume the game, look, more power to you. I have no problem with that. Consume the game and, and all that, however you, however you want. Uh, yellow Yuzu, why does AD have running shoes with weak ankles? A lot of people complain about AD's shoes. Is it is AD's shoes the reason why he's had ankle issues and, and injuries and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if like just changing his shoe would make him less injury prone. Uh, Troy Brown, Mr. Easley said, Troy Brown is a sneaky good passer. He actually is a better... Now, five assists in last night's game, I think part of that was more, you know, just everybody was hitting more than Troy Brown is some elite shot creator or something like that. But he is a bit better passer than what I expected coming in. Not that he's a guy that you look at to create offense for others or throw the perfect pass every single time. But every once in a while, he has his moments where his vision is better than I would have expected. His vision is better than just a typical 3 and D wing where that's all he does is shoot threes and, and play defense. So I will say, yeah, he's he's a better passer, I think, than what people realize. But I won't go so far as saying like he's he's sneaky good, like you want to scheme in passing opportunities or, okay, here, here Troy, here's the ball out of pick and roll situation because we know you're going to make the right read and the right pass every single time. No, but every once in a while, he can surprise you with a really nice pass. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's show. little bonus episode here for you. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Come join us over on Playback tonight for Lakers versus Rockets. Big game. Lakers got to get the win in this one. 
Till next time, everybody. Again, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Probably important that I throw that in there. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.